Hello, this is Jesse Weiler from Adoramus Bulletin. This week, I sit down with the editor of Adoramus Bulletin, Christopher Karstens, to talk about digital resources that are available for liturgical catechesis. So without further ado, another Adoramus interview. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jesse. It's, it's been a while since we've chatted on the Adoramus uh, podcast here. How, how are things going in the Diocese of La Crosse? Well, we're still, uh, still plugging along, um, trying to make it through uh, uh, pandemic restrictions and uh, social unrest and election cycle, things like that. But we're trying to keep the liturgy front and center, our relationship with God, right? So... Hopefully that will overflow then into getting some of these other things right as well. Now, you were able to do some of the liturgies that you were not able to do because of the pandemic. So you did a, a bunch of confirmations. You did deacon or, uh, ordination. Mm-hmm. Did you do priestly ordinations yet? Yeah, we uh, we had a big month at the end of uh, June. Um, kind of the, the sad irony was we deferred a lot of these things, be, thinking the, the at least the cases would have declined by then, but it, that was kind of the, the real peak in Wisconsin that week we ended up doing this, but we had a deacon ordination on a Tuesday and then we had a chrism mass on a Friday and then we had a priest ordination on the Saturday. So that was kind of a uh, quite an exceptional week for us. This makes us uncomfortable because we like order and we like things that the, <laughs> the way that they're supposed to be. And we're, we've been thrown into liturgical chaos. What, what is it like trying to find that order and that balance when it's not perceptible to the human eye. Yeah, well, you're right about that. I mean, what liturgy is supposed to do is take this chaotic world and and restore it and reorder it and, and take it out of the chaos and make it into the cosmos and make it beautiful. And so it's kind of, uh, uh, by definition, essentially an ordered event. And, but when, when circumstances are too chaotic and uh, out of uh, normal, it, it that's just an extra layer of... Uh, of difficulty. So yeah, there were a lot of challenges to, to doing these, but uh, you know, I think we did, uh, we did the very best we could under the, under the circumstances. Now you've been doing, you usually travel around the diocese doing some trainings with deacons and adult faith formators and, and all, and those who are directors of sacramental preparation, things like that. You've made use of some digital resources that, that we've worked on together, you know, the Liturgical Institute in Adoramus. I'm very curious as to how those resources worked in lieu of showing up in person and having that, that one-on-one or, or a group conversation about these formation processes. What, what was that like and what have you heard about the, the response from the people that you've been working with? Yeah, well, I'd still say, Jesse, at least from my point of view, that I think, and I'm going to start to ask you some questions here. <laughs> but, uh, I I think we're still on the front end of parishes, at least using some of the online content that Adoramus and my office and you and your office have been able to to put together. I guess for people who don't know, yeah, uh, you and I work uh, pretty closely, um, you know, with each other. So, uh, so I, I'm the editor and publisher of Adoramus, it, and you help with a lot of the uh, social media and online and, uh, and marketing presence for Adoramus. And then, but you're the director of the Liturgical Institute, and I in turn work for you teaching uh, some classes uh, in person, but also online. So we've been able to, uh, hopefully to help each other out in this uh, work of the liturgical apostolate by offering a lot of uh, online 
material. You and I did it. We did a retreat uh, that was posted on uh, Facebook and YouTube, and we did a we did a review of uh, the sacraments of initiation as uh, as uh, adults were to be um, uh, to receive those. But yeah, one of the great things that we we featured in our July issue of Adoramus was the good work you're doing at the Liturgical Institute on these uh, on the online content that uh, that you're offering. And so, if you don't mind me, just uh, we'll switch hats for a minute. Sure. Tell us what, uh, give us a big, big picture. What's the LI and then uh, situate this online element uh, within it? Well, the LI was devised uh, in principle by Cardinal George in Chicago, and he wanted a place to have liturgical renewal, but he wanted it to be done with this sacramental lens, this idea that uh, we can perceive the way God reaches out to us with sacramental signs and symbols, but then through the sacred liturgy, where we can both worship God and be deified and transfigured through the through the sacrament, um, through the sacred liturgy. And so that's been, that's been great. I think you know they started. They had a publishing arm, which was Hillenbrand Books. They had all these great uh, online course, uh, not online courses. They had all these in-person courses, a graduate program, a master's degree, um, a, a doctoral program, and a licentiate program, all for liturgical studies. And it, it ha really has been thriving for the last 20 years. I showed up about uh, five years ago with the mission of taking all of the things that they've been doing in person and moving it into an online forum. So the first thing we did when I got here was uh, I worked with Father Martis, um, now Father Eusebius at Marmion Abbey. I worked with him on this series called Elements of the Catholic Mass. It's these 31 you know, short five-minute videos on different aspects of the liturgy. And that's really what kind of tuned my heart towards the sacred liturgy because I found out that I was missing out on a lot of liturgical catechesis and I was hungry for more. So after that, I was like, well, there's got to be more. There's more that we can do. There's more content that we can do. Then I had approached you and Dennis, uh, Dr. Dennis McNamara, to do a podcast. Now, that has been a very successful endeavor. Uh, we have about three to 5,000 people every week listening to a podcast about liturgy of all things, um, the thing that sometimes people want to talk about least in the Catholic Church is what we are putting in the forefront. And this, so, this is uh, Liturgy Guys, the Liturgy Yes, yeah. yes. And you can listen to that at liturgyguys.com. And obviously, Adoramus promotes that on their website as well. And we did that and we started to see a real connection as well. We've, we've turned both of those things, the elements of the Catholic Mass and the Liturgy Guys, into a young adult liturgy conference where we had people like yourself and Dennis and other alumni and other visiting faculty come and give short one-hour lectures as a sampling of our master's degree program. Just one lecture from one course in our program. That became really successful. And I saw that people really enjoyed sitting in on those lectures. So I said, well, maybe there's something there. So I decided to, to hire you and Dennis to pilot a couple of online certificate programs that we would offer. And we started with you. We started with an introduction to the sacred liturgy. And then we had Dennis do a couple of courses as well. And we piloted that and they were incredibly successful. And we've been doing that for about a year and a half now. And, and we have uh, about 2,800 students online taking courses, certificate courses with the liturgical Institute. So there's obviously a hunger there. And, and, and yeah, it's just been 
really thriving, really thriving. Okay, so you offer uh, in-person instruction on the campus there at uh, Mundelein for graduate degrees in liturgy and liturgical studies. Mm-hmm. You have conferences, you've done publishing, you have the podcast, but this uh, the online offerings now are really um, really what you're you're focusing on and what is what is so popular. Can you just give a description of what an online course is like? You know that whether it's introduction to sacred liturgy or Dr. McNamara's sacramental aesthetics. I mean, what what would you see if you logged on there? Sure. Well, first of all, I I wanted to make sure that we were we had good solid content that we already knew was good. So we started in principle with our curriculum. So we we just extrapolated content from each course that we have. Not all of them, but some of our most popular courses. But I want to cover everything. But I also want to start with the foundation. So I want to start with with your course, the introduction to sacred liturgy. I want people to understand music. I want them to understand the importance of music and why we sing and how we sing and what it should look like. Uh, Dennis, Dr. McNamara is an expert in church architecture. So we cover some of his uh, curriculum on church architecture and beauty and how you can see something as objectively beautiful. We want to cover obviously the sacraments. We want to cover the Eucharist. So we have a course with uh, Father Lang about the about the history of the Eucharist and the formation of the rite as we see it today, the development. So that's that's where I started. But then I also want to expand beyond our curriculum, where we have uh, an alumni of our program, Dr. James Pauley, who teaches at Steubenville right now. Uh, he did a course on liturgy and discipleship. That's not something we have in our curriculum, but I want to make sure that we start to expand the focus a little bit and we with this program i can dip into other topics like that without affecting you know the the our our academic program without having to get a new course certified and remove something and all that type of stuff so i at the end of the day i want every catholic to be able to understand the two ends of the mass to you know to glorify god and to the sanctification of man to be sanctified but there's so much that goes around that. Once you have that foundation and you spread out into music and rites and uh, beauty, there's so much more that can enhance that experience. So I want to start with that foundation and then just start building layers and layers and layers above that. Okay. Now, a typical class, if I remember correctly, is what, they're about five hours in length? Yep. Yep. So five one-hour lectures. And the beauty of this is it's all online on demand. So Let's say you were able to get one of our courses with an Autoramus coupon. If you if you if you type in Autoramus on and as a coupon code, you'll get half off on anything that we have. That's a deal that we have with you guys, and I want to make sure that we continue to work together and collaborate. So if you ever want something half off on our store, just type in the code Autoramus and you'll get it. But um, yeah, so five one-hour lectures, and the beauty of it is it's on demand. It, once you purchase this, you own you you don't own the content, but you can watch this whenever you want in perpetuity. So you could finish the course in the first day if you want, if you're really excited about it. But then two, three years down the road, you can go back and take the course again as a refresher. And then at the end, you have the option, it's your choice, to take a quiz to be able to get a certificate of completion. Now, we put that in there because... We want to make sure that people can qualify for professional growth if they need to, if they're you know, a music director at a parish and they're required to do professional growth or whatever. Uh, we want to make sure that they can certify that they've taken this class. And then the other part of that is since it's five one-hour lectures, 
it also counts as half of a continuing education unit going towards professional growth as well. Okay, but these these classes that we're talking about now, these are not part of the degree program Correct. credit courses, right? Correct. Okay. Now, further down the road, maybe we can figure out how to do an academic certificate, but this is simply enrichment right now. And if you need to professional growth, but I, I want these courses to be, again, for, for the people who may not want to get a master's degree in liturgy. Imagine that. Imagine somebody who doesn't want a master's degree in liturgy. I can't think of who would. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to make sure that we have resources available for those people who want to know or should know about this stuff, but don't necessarily need uh, the graduate degree. Yeah. You know, to your, to your question before, this seems like so long ago now, I was in the midst of a course on introduction to the sacred liturgy. We were going through the catechism of the Catholic Church. We were talking about liturgy as well as sacraments. We got through March, and that's when uh, COVID uh, interrupted everything. And my students, these were adult learners uh, in the Diocese of La Crosse. Some of them were candidates for uh, the diaconate to be permanent deacons. And they finished my in-person course by logging on to these courses uh, at uh, at the LI. Now, would you say, Jesse, would it be true to say that my course on the introduction to the sacred liturgy is probably the most popular? I, I can definitively say it is the most popular, but... <laughs> Maybe, is that because, is, is it still free? It is, that, <laughs> I want to deflate your ego a little bit and say that it's our only free offering. But um, even before we offered it for free, it was it was our most popular course and it's the most foundational. And so I want again, I want to make sure people can do this. So if you don't want to invest money into a certificate program or anything like that, you can always take this course for free. And that's the one that I want literally everybody to take if they can. And I want them to take it so badly that we've made it free. And I think you do such a, an amazing job at laying down those foundational principles of the economy of salvation as it relates to the sacred liturgy and our responsibility as, as the body, the corporate body of Christ, you know, during the sacred liturgy. What is our responsibility? What are we supposed to be doing? And I got to tell you, Chris, it's, it's really changed my whole life in, in regard to the Mass. And it's changed my the way I do evangelization and mission work. I, I was playing golf with this guy about a month ago. His name's Ryan. And I found out that he goes to a local parish nearby. I found out that he's actually in a theology graduate online program at Steubenville. So I was like, okay, so this guy ought to be able to handle the, you know, the big boy questions. So we're, we're on like the uh, 15th uh, green and I asked him, I was like, so you're doing theology courses. I, I really want to know what you, uh, what, what you think you're supposed to be doing in Mass. And so he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, what's your job? What, what are you as a lay person supposed to be doing at Mass? He gave me the, you know, the answer is, uh, oh, I go there to pray and receive Jesus, which is a very common answer. But we, I dived into you know, offering himself on the, on the altar, and he was just like, wow, I've never heard that before. And I was like, I know. And so it's my point of entry for evangelization now, which yeah. is a huge deal. Yeah, and that's when you uh, eight putt. Uh, uh, the, yeah, that that actually was an eight putt. Okay. Um, right. It was a par, it was a par five, so All it was right. very difficult. Yeah. No, I did want to ask. I mean, you. I, I think uh, I counted them on the on the website. What what is the website to see these? Is it teachable? You can go to no. You just go to liturgy online. It's so okay. easy. You okay. think I want to learn about liturgy and I want to do it online, so you just go to liturgy online. 
Okay. So you have like 11, did I count 11 courses that are posted now? Currently, yes. Okay. All right. What I wanted to ask you is, and you started to answer it. I mean, what have you learned by sitting through all these courses? And I, it's, it's, I think it's a more difficult question than, than it might appear because like I, you know, these articles that go into Adoramus, I read each of these, you know, a half a dozen times by the time they get published. I mean, I've read mm -hmm. them more than the authors have read them, but it's different reading an article as uh, as an editor than as kind of a learner. And I suspect it's, it's not the same thing watching one of these courses as a student as it is for one who's got to you know go back and edit and splice and make sure the sounds right and the angles are right and everything but still i mean what have you learned by listening to all these i mean honestly so so very much i i mean i have a good foundation now because of that series with with father martis and the liturgy guys podcast so i i thought you know i was really able to understand a lot of this stuff, but I am learning new stuff every time, not only in the actual classroom, but, you know, when I'm editing these things or pushing them out or creating promotional content, I'll tell you two things that I really like. Uh, we, last month, we offered a, a new course, Liturgical Theology with Dr. Fagerberg, and he talked about the liturgy being like a window, and sometimes we want to look at that window and we say, oh, gosh, that window is dirty or the trim needs to be painted and all of these other things. And we can look at the liturgy that way. That's totally possible. But he said that's not what the liturgy is for. That's not a window, what a window is for. The window is so you can look through it. And so he was using the liturgy, using this metaphor of a window, saying we're supposed to look through the liturgy to heaven, to Christ, to glorification. And a lot of times, especially when you start learning things about liturgy, you want to look at that window and analyze it and perfect it and make these tweaks so that it's the best window possible, which is admirable. That's a, that's a, there is good there. But the main purpose of that window is to look through to heaven, to Christ, to glorification. So that's one thing. Another thing actually came about not only through an online course that we were filming, but through uh, an article that you were, you were, uh, publishing with Father Bema, and it was about the origin of the East and West rites, Eastern and Western rites. And through a conversation I had on, on this podcast, the Adoramus podcast, but then also through his course that we just published this month, Liturgical Traditions East and West, I learned that the reason we have these two different rites, or categorical rites, so to speak, East and West, is that in principle, right after Pentecost, the apostles split up. And half of the apostles, approximately, went to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to people who would have no access to the you know, prefigurement of Christ through Scripture like the Israelites did. And the other half of the apostles and disciples went backwards geographically and chronologically, so to speak, to preach the gospel to the Jewish people who had been waiting so long for the Messiah. And so they went back and and geographically, city by city, until they got to where Abraham was. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we have two different, you know, sections of rights in, in a very general sense. I know there's a lot of nuance in there, but um, we had a gospel that was that needed to be preached to two different completely uh, two complete different groups of people. And so in principle, those are ultimately going to start to look different because they have different roots. And I just 
stuff like that. I mean, I could give you another hundred examples. I know we don't have time for that, but but that's the thing that I think is so nuanced because when I hear that, I say, oh my gosh, I have a new found love and appreciation for my my Christian brothers uh, who practice a different right than I do that I never had before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was always just under the pretense that like, this is what I've been doing my whole life. To my knowledge, it's the right way to do it and it's the best way to do it. So I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. And now I have a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some great offerings up there. And you're right. Uh, Dr. Fagerberg, um, he was a teacher of mine at the Liturgical Institute. He's fantastic. I've, I've wanted to go revisit the, uh, the Father Bema uh, content on uh, East and West. Uh, uh, it's going to cost you. I'm sure. It will. <laughs> and the, uh, the Father Lang one, the history of the Roman Rite, is something mm-hmm. that uh, I'm looking well, that, forward to looking, that, uh, looking at myself. So. One, one thing I learned there, Chris, that really blew my mind was that it was really in large part to the Franciscans that we have a standardized missal or standardized rite today. Mm-hmm. And it was because they were missionary monks or friars, you know, traveling around and Francis wanted a unified rite, even though they would go to different cultures in different parts of the, the world, he wanted a unified rite or the, or the superiors wanted a unified rite. So they were like, at least we're doing the same thing within our religious order. And because they were just so profoundly missionary in principle and went all over the world, that unified rites across Europe. And and that's a big reason why we all celebrate one rite all across the world today in the Roman Catholic tradition. So like that, I never knew. I never knew that. And I have a newfound appreciation for Franciscans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a great content. 11 courses. Five hours each. Um, it's good stuff. One more time. What's the uh, what's the address? You can go to liturgy.online. And should you take these online courses and you want to pursue a degree program, you can always uh, go to liturgicalinstitute.org. And this year, Chris, we're piloting. Uh, we didn't make it super wide known, but we're piloting an online master's degree with a residency requirement on our campus one week uh, okay. a, a summer. So we really want to provide content and provide training and education in a way that is going to be easy for people to be able to consume that content. Not everybody is going to be able to pack up their lives and move to the liturgical Institute and take every course that we have. And mm-hmm. so we want to, you know, meet, meet people in the middle where we can. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the numbers are, um, if we read the numbers right, I think uh, the response to this has been uh, is proof of that very thing that uh, it, it's what the people are uh, asking for, and it's a very um, I don't know digestible, usable, practical sort of way to to receive sound liturgical content. So put the um, we'll go ahead and put the uh, address that you gave us in the show notes. We'll also link to the article about um, about the Li's online program. Uh, in the from the July Adoramus bulletin, we'll put that there as well. So, any uh, how did Jesse? How did I do uh, uh, as a as an interview host? Uh, I'll give you some pointers later when yeah, we. Okay. With, no, no, we'll you did that, okay. just you did just fine. Okay, and uh, yeah, no, thank you. We're, I'm really happy to collaborate here. And if anybody listening has an idea for a course that they would love uh, for Chris to teach or anybody to teach, we're we're open to it. We want to keep producing new courses, a new course every month uh, for the foreseeable future. So, uh, Chris, I think we're talking about doing something on the Triduum uh, sometime soon. I really would love people who are 
planning the Easter Vigil and the Triduum liturgies to really uh, understand those rites a lot better. So that's something we have on the docket, but we'd love to hear from people who have ideas. Yeah. Excellent. Jesse, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Have a, have a wonderful week.